Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai. 33 years. So enjoy having Will Ormus in my presence running the board today. And from now on. Pulling the sound bites. Love it. Have a great show planned. What a great day I had in the operating room yesterday. A man on a motorcycle in his high school years fell, broke his femur. They put a rod in his femur and fixed a fracture. But it didn't heal perfectly. It healed, but not exactly in the right position. We call it a malunion. He could walk, he could run, and have a life. But it's just as if, here's a clapper vision, the alignment on your car is off. The wheels don't roll equally, all four tires. And if your alignment is out, you're going to wear out the rubber tire quicker. Well, if you break your femur and the alignment of that bone heals, but not exactly the way it was before, you're going to wear out the cartilage in your knee early in life. So now I have a 50-year-old who's bone on bone in his knee. But here's the problem for me as a surgeon. The typical tools that I like to use where I can use the canal, the center of the bone to help guide me in the position and the rotation to put the new implant, the new cartilage in, resurfaces knee, titanium. I can't use those tools. Because the broken femur healed with all this extra bone and callus, the tools don't work. So I can either eyeball whether I think his knee is straight when I'm done, which is okay. I've been doing this for 33 years. But there's a new technology. I'm an old dog, but I learned a new trick. And the trick is to take that patient, send him for a CAT scan. That's a 3D, a 360-degree view of his entire femur from hip to knee joint. And with a special program, you can rebuild or build his femur in the computer. The computer program can then determine the exact place to make the cuts in the bone so that when I'm done with this pretzel-looking bone, his knee joint will be perfectly straight. And they then build this very elegant plastic jig that when I open his knee joint, can put on the end of his femur bone. No matter how it looks, I take that saw and I take off a potato chip thickness of the cartilage that's worn out, and it's a perfect cut. You should see. I mean, I don't take drugs, but man, do I get high, just like all of us, when I challenge myself. And when I looked at the x-ray that I took after the surgery and saw how beautifully straight his knee was, 
with this fascinating new tool of using a CAT scan to do the surgery initially in the computer. It was awesome. I still used my feel as a surgeon to balance his ligaments and to make sure his kneecap is tracking down the middle. But it was an awesome day in surgery. And I can't wait to share more of these stories with you as the show goes on. But I'm so excited for today's show. At 8.15, my guest is Eric Sondheimer. He's my favorite sports journalist for the L.A. Times. I've been reading and admiring his work for decades. And his specialty is writing about high school sports in all sports, baseball, football. He knows them all. And he has an encyclopedic knowledge of every athlete in Southern California playing in high school, be they a freshman, a junior, you name it. Eric Seinheimer knows about them and writes about them. The stories, the depth, the family of these high school students and what it means. It's really a treat to be able to read one of his articles. And today, after all these years, I'm so excited to be able to talk to him. And it made me think all week. You know how much I love the world of art, the world of sports, and the world of surgery. And I believe you can connect the dots with all these fields. The power of being in high school. What does high school actually mean those four years from 14 to 18? Something special happens to you. I believe you figure out who you are. College is later. College means you figure out what you're going to do with your life. But actually, you first need to figure out who the hell you are as a person, different from your parents. It shapes you. It's powerful. So in the world of art, the world of sports, and in my world of surgery, where do I see that power of high school? Well, in my lifetime, I don't know anybody's high school name or what it meant to them, except one person in the world of sports. Kobe Bryant, Lower Marion High School. First of all, is there an Upper Marion High School? Is there a lake in Toluca Lake? Is there a Covina that does West Covina? Lower Marion High School. What's so lower about it? It's fascinating. I don't know where Moses Malone went to high school. I don't even know where LeBron went to high school. But Kobe Bryant made it clear to us all there's something about Lower Marion High School and his pride for that place because of how it shaped him. But wait till you hear the sound bites of the journalist who was Kobe Bryant's point guard at Lower Marion High School, Evan Monsky. Kobe's career in that high school was legendary, but it is hysterical to hear living and playing with him in that high school from one of his teammates was all about. Hilarious. And you'll hear those sound bites coming up. What about in the world of art? In the world of art, what do I know from high school? In musicians, in artists. But there's one guy that I know where high school changed his life. And that was the singer who you will appreciate his songs because this is his most famous song 
I need to have sound bites. Will. Billy Joel. Hearing the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show for the very first time. And he said to himself, that's it. That's what I'm going to do with my life. Powerful of how these guys, these four guys, changed the world. And changed the world for one particular musician who went on to become one of the biggest selling rock and roll artists of all time. The power of high school. And don't forget, we like to talk about food. High school and food. Where am I going to connect that one? Well, there's a place in L.A., one of my favorite places, to get something quite unusual called an acai bowl. I don't even know what an acai is. But it's a fruity type of flair. I think it comes from the Amazon. It's a berry like a gooseberry that comes from the Amazon. But there's a place in Southern California where it is a joy to go in there to get this healthy, fruity bowl. And everybody who works there is so nice. But they're all high school students, every single one of them. And every time I go, there's someone different. So there's a very high turnover rate. But that's an entry-level position, and they have such joy in what they do, and how they make you feel. My favorite acai bowl in Southern California. I'll tell you where that is a little later in the show. And Clappervision is going to be about Derrick Henry. He's playing against my favorite football player of all time, second to Joe Namath, which is Joe Burrow for the Cincinnati Bengals. And Derrick Henry is that running back for the Tennessee Titans. And he broke his foot. Ten weeks later, he's playing in the playoffs. He broke his fifth metatarsal. That's the bone between your ankle and your pinky toe. That long bone, that fifth metatarsal. When it breaks, we call it a Jones fracture, and we usually fix it by shish kebabbing it. The clapper vision is a McDonald's straw to drink Coca-Cola from. If you snap that straw, you stick a toothpick toothpick down the center of that straw. That's what a screw does that we put down typically to fix a Jones fracture, which was done to Kevin Durant and Pal Gasol and Michael Jordan and many, many other people who play basketball. They get Jones fractures. But Derrick Henry's Jones fracture didn't have a screw put down the center. He actually has a plate and screws. He doesn't have that toothpick down the center of the straw. Why is that? Well, I'll explain a little bit later in the show with some clap revision. And the number to open the clinic is 877-710-ESPN. But let's get into today's topic, which is the power, the power of high school in our lives, in art, in sports, and in my world of surgery. Here's Billy Joel talking about hearing the Beatles for the first time as a 14, 15-year-old, and what it meant to him. The single biggest moment that I can remember being galvanized into wanting to be a, a musician for life was seeing the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show. Now, I didn't have a television when I was growing up, which is funny because my father actually worked for a television company, <laughs> Dumont. I don't know if anybody ever heard of Dumont. And uh, we had... We had a little Levitt house, and the Dumont was on the, on the rack, and you pull it out of the wall, 
and it broke when I was about five. And my mother and my father split up, and nobody fixed the TV. So that was the end of TV. It was just like this big glass thing on the wall. Right. So here's what's going to happen in February of 1964. Billy Joel, born in 1949. He's 15 years old. He's just starting high school. Beatles, I'm over this guy's house. This guy, I was going to say friend of mine. He really wasn't a friend of mine. I hung out with him because he had a TV. <laughs> I was a Machiavellian little kid, you know. Yeah, I really like you. Let's watch TV. <laughs> so I'm going over his house, and the Beatles come on TV. Now, you've got to understand, this is in something like February of 1964. John F. Kennedy, the president, had been assassinated in November of 1963. The country was in a funk, and we had the blues. I mean, for this man to be taken away, this young, vigorous, vital man who represented youth and progress and, 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 and the future was snatched from us. And, and the country really had the blues. And who became the president? Lyndon Johnson. You know, politics as usual. You know. And uh, I'll speak to you tonight with a heavy heart. Well, Lyndon Johnson, in his own way, rescued the country. But musically... The Beatles meant so much to Billy Joel during his formative years in high school. All of a sudden, there's this band with hair like girls, you know? It was, really wasn't, but to us, their hair looked like hugely long, you know, 1964. And they, they played their own instruments, and they wrote their own songs. And they didn't look like Fabian, or they looked like these working-class like kids like we all knew. And John Lennon had this look when he was on Ed Sullivan Line. And we knew, you could tell, he said, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And I said at that moment, I said, that's what I want to do. I want to I, I do that. That's what I want to do. I want to be like those guys. But he also watched them evolve. And a little bit later in the show, you'll hear Billy Joel talk about what that inspiration was like in those formative years in high school to watch the Beatles go from Rubber Soul to Sgt. Pepper. And in all those years later, that's what he tries to do as a musician. Something special happens during those years in high school. My guest at 815, Eric Seinheimer, is an expert in it because that's what he covers for the L.A. Times. But it makes you think about your own life and how you're shaped during those four years. In the world of sports, the most famous high schooler in my lifetime was Kobe Bryant, Lower Marion High School. Coming up next, I want you to hear Chick Hearn talk about Lower Marion High School with Kobe Bryant after his very first game as a Laker. And then I want you to hear from one of Kobe's teammates in high school, Evan Monsky. It is hilarious how he wants Kobe to acknowledge how great Evan Monsky was as his point guard. Those formative years. You could be the star. You could be the warrior in high school. But there were plenty of other weekend warriors that really were shaped by just being in the presence of greatness. We'll get into it. Coming up next, the number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. ESPN. Holy emoji platform. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's clapper vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like follow and enjoy a wise decision the weekend wear facebook page frankly i can think of nothing more stimulating what's going on it's max you know there's no better way to start your saturday morning than with my friend dr clapper and the weekend warrior show what's going on la this is kobe bryant the best entertainer forget going to the movies start your weekend off right listening to the weekend warrior show with dr clapper so the clapper was looking at the flapper can you imagine how cool that was every saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m on espn 710 home of your los angeles lakers to billy joel this changed his life just hearing this and seeing them Right in that strike zone of that impressionable years of high school. And we'll get into it further with Eric Sondheimer at 8.15. Before we go further, I want to give a shout-out to Gail Anderson from KTLA and thank her for uh, showcasing the need for blood and coming to Cedars-Sinai to donate blood at the blood bank. Turns out this episode occurred of Gail Anderson on Wednesday while I was in surgery, while I'm operating in between the cases, one of the techs came in the room and said, Hey, Dr. Clapper, you're on television right now on KTLA with Gail Anderson. I said, Really? <laughs> so thank you, Gail, for being a Weekend Warrior fan and doing everything you can to promote good for goodness sake. Appreciate it. But let's get into the, today's topic, the power of those high school years. Listen to this legendary sit-down of Chick Hearn with the great Kobe Bryant, where he's a Laker now, playing at the Forum. I was there. I remember that first game. He kept shooting, and that ball did not go in, and he kept shooting. Chick Hearn sits down with him and says, so it's different now than being in high school, isn't it? Who's the big man in high school? Kobe Bryant says, I was Shaquille O'Neal in my high school. I was the center. Uh, it just warms your heart to hear this interview. Chick Hearn and the great Kobe Bryant. Well, he might be only 18 years and five months old, but this guy can do everything that the veterans can do and do it better, perhaps. Kobe Bryant, last night you get your first start as a pro. How'd it feel? I felt good. I felt good, you know, going out over the starting lineup. I tried to... Keep, keep a straight face and keep a serious look, but, you know, I couldn't help but cracking a little smile. Do you get a little feel of palpitation? Sure. Sure. So, because, I mean, you're so excited to get out there to be in the game, and I haven't done that since since high school. Right, right. You know, so I, I, I naturally get excited. Yeah, he's supposed to still be in high school. Speaking of high school, how big was the gym you played in at Marion? How many people? Uh, About 500 people. 500? About 500 people. 
This seat's 26,000. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> the last time we were here, you played, I think, about six minutes. I was looking right. at the box score. It didn't get in. It was garbage time when you got in. Now tonight, you being in the real time. What's the difference? Well, the difference is you have to make a contribution early on. You know, you have to go in there and, uh, you know, produce right away and uh, get the ball into the big fella, get Eddie some looks. And, you know, whereas when I got in there uh, within the garbage time or the bench, you know, I really didn't have to produce. I didn't, didn't have, have all the pressure on me. Yep, high school pressure different than being in the pros. You had to produce Sunday, though, at Seattle. That was a tough game, pressure-packed. You were in the final minutes, and that bank shot you made from about 18 feet was a beautiful shot. Thank you very much. And, that uh, might have won the game. <laughs> really? Thank you. Thank you. I, when I got put in that situation, you know, I was thankful for getting put in that situation. I knew that once I was in there, I had to go in there and respond. Do you like pressure? That's why you averaged 31 in high school, 12 <laughs> rebounds and so forth. Made 50 points a couple of times in a game. <laughs> I guess so. You ran the show. Yeah, well, in high school, I had to. In high school, I had to. Figuring out who you are. That's what happens when you're in high school, those formative years. Did you have a big center? I was a center. You were the I center? Was, I was a Shaquille O'Neal, Lower Marion High School. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, blocking shots, pushing the break, you know, passing the ball and so forth. You remind me a lot of Magic in many ways. When he gets a chance to flourish, put on a little show for the fans. You do it at the end of a play. Why not? So why not? I mean, it's there. Might as well give the fans something they can enjoy. Right. Absolutely right. Has Magic ever counseled you, ever told you anything about the game? Um, not really. We really had, a, really had the opportunity to talk so far this season, but you know, I'm definitely looking forward to having some conversation with him. I just love that he doesn't just say high school. He says Lower Marion High School. It's important for you to know the name of the place he went. It's fantastic. I know you've had a lot of conversations with Jerry West. I don't know if you know how good he was as a player, but he was as good as that ever played the position. Has he ever talked to you? Sure, sure. We've talked many times, whether it was coming off a screen or a jump shot or, you know, handling the ball in certain situations. Well, we've talked many times. What about Shaq? I mean, Shaq talked every day. Every day, whether it's in practice and he's blocking one of my shots or I'm getting a layup on him or something like that. You know, we're talking, we're giving advice to one another, we're pumping each other up at the same time. He really, really is a nice man. Yeah, he is. He's like my older brother. You have an older brother? Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> <laughs> and now get ready to laugh. You got to listen to this soundbite. So playing at Lower Marion High School while Kobe's trying to figure out who he is who he is himself, still he has God-given talents, and he works harder than anybody else, but he's still special already in high school. In my high school, we had Nancy Lieberman. There are certain people that are special from the get-go. But that glow that's around them embraces the weekend warriors, the other folks that go to high school. And it's very special to be around that greatness. So the point guard at Lower Marion High School is a Woody Allen-looking-like guy named Evan Monsky. 20 years later, Evan Monsky's a journalist in Philadelphia. And the Lakers come to town to play the 76ers. Evan Monsky figures out that they're going to be training at Temple University's gym so he'll get a chance to see Kobe Bryant. And then after the game, there'll be a press conference. 
and I'll get to talk to him again. But Evan Monsky's claim to fame in life is one thing in his mind. I was the point guard at Lower Marion High School and fed Kobe Bryant the ball. That importance was huge to Evan Monsky. Not to anybody else, but this is what shaped his life. Not only Kobe's, obviously, but his life. So listen carefully to these sound bites where he goes to Temple University to the workout, to the practice, and sees Swaggy P and Mark Madsen and Meta World Peace and Lou Williams. That's who's playing on the team with Kobe in this in this game, this these years. And Evan Monsky says to Mark Madsen and Lou Williams, does Evan does Kobe ever talk about his point guard from high school? <laughs> Meta World Peace goes, No. Lou Williams goes, no, hoping, praying, maybe they'll mention Evan Monsky, but not really. Listen to this. Did you ever talk about his old high school point guard? <laughs> like when you're just hanging out with him. Great hands, his old high school point guard. Great left-handed bounce passes. Um, Kobe think about been... this one. Yeah, think about this one. Kobe, Kobe doesn't know his high school players. He does. No, he never mentioned <laughs> Think hard here, Lou. Think hard. You never I don't think... really have to think that hard. You're dodging the question, bad dog. Has he ever sat, like, sat down to your next on the bus and said, my old high school point guard used to drive and dish and give it to me? He's never said, like... Nick, when you're on the break, my old high school point guard used to do this. So you must be in his old high school point guard. <laughs> Swaggy P figured it out, and so does Mark Matson. Hey, I bet you you were his point guard. That's why you're asking about it. You you must be the old high school point Look, guard. You're Stanford Grant. You're a smart guy. So we never mentioned never just sitting on the bus with oh, talking about this dude Ev. Nah, it's weird. So you're the guy that put Kobe in the league. Yeah, that's right. That's what my mother okay, says. Okay, well, you know what? I'll tell you what. Yeah. We may have a summer league roster spot for you that's next not year. not good. I got a bad back. <laughs> you own the bigger and better things. You know what I'm just saying? <laughs> no, it's true. Trust me, man. I own two cats. That's all I do. Right. <laughs> Honestly, man, in high school, I always hoped to, to be a sixer. Um, I was hoping that, you know, but uh, once I became a Laker, I was never, ever going to gonna look back. Yeah, coming to this arena, what are some of the behind the scenes things that maybe people that you've known since you grew up here do for you or, or some of the fun things that happen? <laughs> Man, every time I come here, there's, there's fresh pretzels sitting at the top of my locker. So this is from the press conference after Kobe plays the 76ers. Who's sitting in the front row with his lower Marion high school? It's 20 years old. This schmata of a sweatshirt he's wearing. In the front row with a microphone, Evan Monsky, the point guard that dished Kobe the ball for four years in high school. And he cannot wait in front of everybody to say, Kobe, you played with a lot of point guards, Derek Fisher, Steve Nash, but who was the greatest point guard just so he's praying and hoping, Kobe will say, Evan Monsky was the greatest point guard I ever played with. This is hilarious. Listen to this interview, press conference after Kobe Bryant and the Lakers play the 76ers with Evan Monsky asking the question. 
You've played with a lot of great point guards. Derek Fisher, Brian Shaw, me. Yeah. Who, who would you say is the best point guard you've well, played I mean, with? Well, the, the best passer was, was <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt, Evan Monsky. No question. I agree. My, no my mother would agree. Nash is a close second. <laughs> uh, but Monsky, even when you had a cast, maybe you're playing with the cast, on, still making crazy Nola passes sure. and stuff. So, you know, it's, yeah. It's a correct answer. It's correct. Yeah. Now, how special is it to hear that? Because the sweetness of the great Kobe Bryant acknowledging, kibitzing with Evan Monsky, but he, as only Kobe could, takes it one step further and reminds Evan Monsky, forget about us, now it becomes a conversation between just the two of them you remember when you had a broken arm and were wearing a cast, but you still played? Kobe never forgot that. And I don't think Evan Monsky expected Kobe to remember that. But it obviously meant a lot to Kobe that he had a point guard on his team who played with a broken arm. That was the beauty of the sweetness and the depth that was Kobe Bryant, that we all embraced. But nothing like being there in high school when you're trying to figure it all out. Here's more from Evan Monsky. This is just hilarious. Man, thank How you, you doing, man? I'm doing great. You're still, I got a camera over here. Can you believe that? It's not just me tonight. Uh, First give of all, a camera to anybody, huh? That's the truth. First of all, I had no idea you could do brown suit, black tie. I didn't either. Who I, put I, that I guess, together? I guess I kind of pulled it off. Maybe. I think I you know. did. Yeah? Yeah, I think oh, you well, did. I scrub up well. Pretty good, man. So, Cove, we're old. Yes. Dude, you're talking about how old you are. Yes. You feel it. Yes. I feel it, too. It's crazy. It's horrible. What the hell? Where did time go? I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's absolutely terrible. <laughs> I remember it was like yesterday. I was catching no look passes from there. I know. I know. And, and Dude, I, this guy can play. Thank Seriously. you. Yeah, tell the camera that Seriously, again. They, people play. don't play. may not look like it, but he can really play. Seriously. And here's Evan Monsky summarizing it, being a kibitzer, not mentioning, talking about that guy from the Lakers, doesn't even say Kobe Bryant's name. It was great to meet Meta World Peace and that guy from the Lakers. But how special was high school for the two of them, Kobe and Evan Monsky? For 20 years, dude, people have been so annoying, like, yo, you played with Kobe. Would he, would he recognize you? Does he really know you? Yeah. I mean, come on. People don't know. Dude, when they told me, they said, they have a team, you have a teammate, has a camera, a microphone, wanted to talk That's to you. That's true. humor, I said, it's Evan Monster. Dude, there's people out there. got Stephen A. out here, David yeah. Aldridge, and look who you're talking to. It's the Monsky, dude. I appreciate I it. They understand the seriousness of the situation. They don't. They don't. <laughs> I appreciate it, Kobe. Man, yo, hey, we're real proud of you, man. Thank you. Real proud of you. Good to see you. Take it easy. Oh, man. What a day. What a day. I met Meta World Peace. That was incredible. Saw some old dudes from high school. Saw the dude who plays for the Lakers. <laughs> Fantastic. Coming up next, clinic will be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. And I want to tell you about a surgery this week. Take you into the operating room. 75-year-old woman with a torn meniscus. And I usually tell you to leave it alone. But I actually had to do surgery on her, and I'll tell you why. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. 
Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. But don't miss my show Monday morning on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. With tinted windows. Can you imagine? Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. While I'm in Italy. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles. Clinics open. I need to tell you about surfing in the tsunami. Oh, my God. What I did last weekend. Awesome. And also, I want to teach you how to open a coconut. But let's do the lines are lit up. Who are we going to go to first, Will? Who's online? Mark and Montebello, you're on with Dr. Clapper. You win the lottery. You're the first one we're going to go to. How can I help? Uh, Dr. Dr. Clapper, I love your show, man. I call. I listen to you all the time. I'm, I finally got in. Um, I need your help. All right. My pleasure, Mark. How young are you? What do you do for a living? Uh, 37 years old, and I work uh, in public work. That's nice. What a, that's amazing. So you know to measure twice, cut once, right? Uh, yeah, I found that out the hard way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I learned. What did your father do for a living? Um, he was a construction worker. Oh, nice. Good for you. And your mom, did she work or she was at home? Oh, no, she worked. Uh, she ended up uh, being like uh, a paralegal. Hmm. That would be that, that would be uh, running like a law office, right? I got it. And what high school did you go to? We're talking about high school today. Oh, high school. I went to uh, Rancho High School in uh, Pico Rivera. Did you play sports? Yeah, I played a little bit of soccer uh, and a little bit of baseball. Nice. Okay, cool. Well, tell me how I can help you. What you hurt? What you do to yourself? Um, I got this ringing pain in my left shoulder and uh try not to laugh too hard i think it was due to diving for a softball on a sunday yeah i'm not laughing that's that's actually how it happens how long ago did it happen yeah uh i want to say like eight months ago and the pain's gotten a little better with therapy Mm -hmm. i was told it was a shoulder impingement but i mean it's gotten better i i I don't think anything's broken. I have full-range mobility, but it's a nagging pain that's just irritable, if Mm. that makes sense. It does. So tell me a little bit more. First of all, are you a righty or a lefty? Uh, I'm a righty, but it's my left shoulder, so I think I did it diving for a ball that I probably missed. Got it. Did you feel that your uh, shoulder went out of place or was just a sudden impact? Uh, sudden impact, and uh, it was it was something that you know it was just sore, but that soreness kept getting you know mildly worse. And um, and tell me a little bit about the po- soreness. Tell me a little bit about the soreness. Does it stay 
up in your arm, go into the mid portion of your arm, and does the or does the soreness go below the elbow into the forearm? Um, it stays pretty much uh, in my upper shoulder. It doesn't ring down Good. in my in my elbow or my my uh, my hand or anything like that. There's no shooting pain. However, it's just something that's just been lingering, if yeah. you will. Okay. Well, it's very nice to hear because two things cause shoulder pain. One, the problem comes from your shoulder, and it sounds like yours does. But the second thing that you want to make sure you're not missing is does the pain in your shoulder come because you pinched a nerve in your neck? And that symptom would go into the shoulder, but more importantly, it would also radiate past the elbow into the forearm, into your wrist and fingers. The fact that it's staying up above with the traumatic event you're describing, yes, you have either torn the labrum in your shoulder, busted up the rotator cuff a little bit, impingement implies a bone spur and and the the overall positioning of the ball in the socket and how it relates to the rotator cuff which can happen in a 37 year old and i like that you're getting better but eight months is a long time so here's one question have you had an mri of your shoulder uh no i have not the uh insurance is uh very uh it's just uh, reluctant to to have to yeah, get to this let is me get such one. Such a broken system we have that they will not yeah, pay for an MRI, me. and you're supposed to send someone for therapy for eight months, and you still don't have a diagnosis. What do you mean? Maybe we think it's impingement. You have no freaking idea. And did they give you a cortisone shot? This will make me jump out of the, uh, no, the studio. No, I'm staying away from that. I'm staying. I'm, I'm staying away from that. I listen to your show uh, uh, long enough to know that uh, going to do me no good. So I love I, it. I good for you. All right. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you being smart and me trying to be able to help you through the radio waves, which is awesome. Listen, you now have gotten a second opinion from Dr. Clapper. So you're going to march in oh, on Monday. Right. You're going to march in on Monday and tell that doctor gatekeeper, whoever it is who's in charge, that you've had eight months of pain, you you still have it, you went to physical therapy, and your second opinion said, you better give me an MRI. And if they say, nope, we're not going to do that, then you need to be a little bit of a New Yorker, not a nice guy from Pico Rivera. You need to say, who do I got to talk to next? Because I need an MRI, and then I want you to do me a favor so I can do you a favor. You're going to get the MRI, and you're going to call here one Saturday, and you'll have it in front of okay. you, the report, and I will teach you and all the weekend warriors as you t tell me what the impression is of the MRI and what you now can do, your next steps. You and I need to see what happened to the O-ring, which is the rubber gasket that wraps around the socket of the ball and socket joint. That's the labrum. We need to see if that was damaged or not. That's important to see. Talk to Baker Mayfield about that. That's what happened to him. What else is going on? The tendon, the cables, the rotator cuff that let you lift your arm up. Those also need to be seen. They're not going to be seen on an x-ray. How crazy it is to put the cart before the horse to send you for therapy without having a diagnosis. You're about to get some information. You're going to demand it no matter how high up the ladder you got to go. And then you and I are going to have a conversation and I'm going to tell you what the next steps are. All right? 
All right, you got it. So uh, I'm going to do something nice for two strangers then today. That's I right. I know you always say uh, to pay you back, uh, you do something nice for a stranger. God bless you for reminding me and everybody else of what your life is really all about. To take to realize how blessed you are and how other people could really use the help. God bless you for saying that. And I can't wait to talk to you so that I can help you in the next conversation. You got it, Doc. I uh, love what you're doing. Keep on, uh, keep on uh, making me laugh and informing me on uh, <laughs> funny stuff, on, on, uh, on medical stuff in life. All right, young man. A pleasure to know you. A pleasure to talk to you. All right, Warriors, we'll take a break. Coming back next, I want to tell you about what happened with that tsunami. That volcano that exploded in Tonga 2,000 miles away. And I, yours truly, went surfing the day after. Oh, my God, let me tell you what happened next, as well as the food. That high school, those important four years of high school, well, the high school students that work in this one place I'm going to tell you about serve up acai bowls with fresh-cut fruit, blueberries, strawberries, mangoes, bananas. It's the greatest, healthiest thing you can put in your mouth, and my favorite one in L.A., I'll tell you where that is. Coming up next, the number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip, Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. Don't miss my show, Mason and Ireland, back Monday at 1, all here on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm still quelling. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Whose time in high school was shaped by one night watching the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show, and he looked at that TV and he said, that's what I want to do with my life. It happens to all of us. Those four years in high school are key. And an expert in those four years, Eric Sondheimer for the L.A. Times, is going to be my guest at 815, and I can't wait to hear what he thinks about those high school. Why did he make that his life work? To study the athletes, the time of life in high school. It's a fascinating subject that impacts all of us. All right, the lines are lit up. I better go to the clinic. I'll talk about the tsunami coming up. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Who do we got now, Will? Who do you want to talk to? Dale in Anaheim. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, how you doing? All right. How are you? How young are you? What do you do for a living? <laughs> I'll be 66 next Tuesday. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. I'm catching up. I'll be 65 in July. Ay, ay, ay. Amen. I know we're getting older, but, you know, we're not getting old. <laughs> what do you do for a living? 
I'm actually a life coach, and I minister and help people. Oh, wow. I'm an empowerment guy in their life. I'm a former PE teacher, fitness trainer, wow. and the years have caught up. <laughs> Where did you grow up? Where were you in high school? I was in Salinas, California, Monterey County. What are your thoughts, Dell? What what's the power of those four years in high school in your mind? Well, for me, I was a very small kid, but I, you know, as a freshman, I wrestled 112 pounds. Wow. I didn't know really anything or anybody. I was scared. But during those four years, that's where I grew 13 inches and learned about what really life was about. Kids are cruel. Yeah. You have to find your way. Right. at that age and find out who you really are and what you want to do. Right. And that was a challenge for me. Yeah. Well, for all of us, no doubt. But it's uh, it's a special time, and it's really interesting to see how it shapes all of us. No matter what you go on to do with your life, when you think back on it, there was that aha moment in high school that allowed you to figure out that you're really here by yourself. You may have parents. You yeah. may have friends. You may have siblings. But the reality is, is you're an island. You are here by yourself. And I think it dawns on you when you're in high school. And for the superstars that we get to rub elbows with, Evan Monsky knowing Kobe Bryant in high school, it's still we're each an island. And uh, how those years impact us is really fascinating to me. And we're going to get into it with my guest at 815. How can I help you? What would you do to yourself, Del? Uh, I was just uh, really crazy in sports. I didn't learn that. Didn't get really good until my junior year. Yeah. And then it was on. You know, it got big. <laughs> you, know, you go from 112 pounds to 200 pounds, and <laughs> you're 6'3", and you're strong, and you're, you're just a beast. <laughs> yeah, and you're like you Anthony. No that's anybody. what happened to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis was a point guard. Uh, he was six foot, and he was a point guard. And he grew, like you, 12 inches over the summer and went from being a point guard to a 7-foot center. But he could still handle the ball like a point guard. So we know exactly what you're talking about. What did you hurt? What do you need done at age 66 now? Uh, I I, I need double knee replacement, I'm told. I've been dealing with this since 42, 43, where I was getting... Injections didn't know that it was eating up the bone, of yep, course. Yep, yep. My first surgery was in my 20s, I think 24, maybe 25, on the left side, medial meniscus, the whole nine yards. Right. And then uh, got older, but at I think it was 12 years ago, just couldn't really walk, but playing racquetball, I still play. Well, there's a book I wrote. There's a book I wrote with Lindy Yui called "Heal Your Knees." You should buy yourself a copy. We give the money money to the homeless. It'll teach you what's really going on. One of the beautiful things about you waiting is the technology has vastly improved from the days of a full-on knee replacement to what we do now. If you go to my website, you're going to see a woman riding a bike in her neighborhood the day after the surgery. Um, Tony Danza who calls in all the time. I did his surgery. I did both of his knees at the same time. But I would probably tell you to do one at a time. It's easier on the body. Everybody wants to get it over with. But I would tell you it's safer. There's studies that show it's safer in terms of to your heart, blood clots, and all the rest of it. 
to do one, and then if you want, three months, six months, nine months, a year later, do the other side. Sometimes people come to me, they're so debilitated that you really have no choice, but I do my best to try to talk you out of doing both at the same time, to do one of one at a time. And it's really more of a resurfacing of the uh, knee, not the old days of really removing so much of the bone. Um, you'll hear a lot about robots. You'll hear a lot about, there's a lot of marketing out there. But let me tell you something. You want a Lexus, not a Volkswagen. No offense to the Volkswagen, but you really, <laughs> you really want to make sure that you're having it done properly. And uh, it's, it's for me, in my practice and in my life, it's almost like an epidemic because the baby boomers, of which you're one of them, you know, this is yep. what's happening. And the, the, the sheer number of people that I see, the number of them that I schedule and that I do, but I really love being a sculptor. I love being an artist to measure twice, cut once like my dad, the carpenter, taught me. But to carefully balance how the ligaments work, how the kneecap tracks, this is very, very important. It's not a robot. It's, it's your hands. It's, it's you laying hands and feeling the stability of the knee. And I told a story in the beginning of this hour of surgery yesterday. I mean, I did four of them yesterday. Um, and I do a lot of them, hundreds of them every year, thousands over 33 years. But how great it is to have this new technology that we have now uh, in cases that are really oddball cases that I get to see where the femur's been broken and you can't use tools to figure out the alignment. But the CAT scan can build the femur in the computer for me and then create a jig that I can use to perfectly get the alignment. It was just a joy. The other knees I did, I didn't. I could use my regular tools, but for this pretzel-like femur that lived up above uh, in this man's knee, oh my God, it was just, it's just a joy. And it was a challenge. I lost sleep for the last few weeks thinking about this case, like how am I gonna do this? And then you go into surgery and you do a beautiful Michelangelo-esque job in this man's knee, in his body, I'm telling you, I was a high as a kite. I was walking on cloud nine yesterday after I saw the x-ray. So, listen, I'm happy to help you. I'm not here to solicit patients, but you better make sure someone sits down with you and really looks you in the eye and touches you, doesn't talk to you from the hallway. You can demand to have a surgeon with a bedside manner, someone who can talk to you. If not, then get in your car, then drive from Anaheim, and you'll come to Cedars-Sinai, and I'll be happy to take care of you. Well, I'm coming. The other thing really quick I wanted to ask you, you do shoulders as well? Yep, I do shoulders, hips, knees. I'm a general orthopedic surgeon, which is why I can do a radio show like this. I love people's spines. I love their hands. I love pediatrics. I learned it all. But if you you know want to pigeonhole, yes, the most common surgeries I do are to the knee, the hip, the shoulder. But I love seeing the grandson and the grandmother. I love how the body changes, and all the things that can happen along the way. I'm fascinated and have always been fascinated. Talk about high school really impacting you. That's when I started to realize I want to use my hands, I want to use my head, and the greatest machinery that's ever been made is not something Steve Jobs made, a computer. It's what God made, which is your body. And to be able to understand how the body works and work on it is the greatest thing that you can do with your life. So you keep being a coach, a life coach. Use all that physical education that you had in your past. Believe me, to understand how the body works 
And psychologically is a whole nother story of how different people accept their pain in their knee. Some people, it's very little damage and they can't handle it. Other people, it's like a bomb went off in their, in their hip or their knee and they're still playing softball. We're all different in the electronics of the brain and what it does with the body. That's a whole nother art form. And that's really the beautiful thing. You actually want to meet a doctor who's got gray hair or no hair. Because the stuff you learn over time, that sixth sense you get, you develop from seeing 100 patients a week and doing 16,000 surgeries, I don't care what you do for a living, you do it more than 10,000 times, you get to a level where you can walk into a meeting and go, that guy's a jerk, that one I'm going to listen to, that lady knows her stuff. You can, like, size up the room in, like, two seconds. You can't do that when you're 25 years old. It takes seasoning. It takes life. To make you better at it. So it'll be my pleasure to help you, Dell. And thanks so much for listening to the Weekend Warrior Show. Thank you, sir. All right. God bless you. Have a great day today. All right, Warriors. Wow. A whole hour went by. Will, you believe that? I only talked to two people. Ah, I got to tell you a little bit about that tsunami, though. It wasn't the giantness of the waves. What happened 2,000 miles away was the surge. So much water came in, not as a big wave, but just physicality of the water. But the part that really did the most damage was the suction of the low tide. It ripped one of the Harbor Patrol boats. It's on video. You can go on YouTube in Ventura. It ripped one of the Harbor Patrol right off the dock and turned it upside down and sank it. You see it on the video. So I went up last Sunday, and I'm saying to myself, are there after effects the day after? But here's the problem. I parked my truck. I looked out on the water, and it was like glass. And my buddy said, Lance, it's pitch black. I'm coming to take a look at it. He's already turning away from the water. Come on, Robbie. Get ready. It's huge. Oh, my God. How do you even see it's pitch black out there? Well, I did. I got in my wetsuit, and I went out, and oh, my God, did we catch waves. It was awesome. I must have caught a wave a quarter of a mile long. Powerful. You get reminded about the power of the world, of the ocean, of nature, the spirit, whatever you want to call it. Call it God if you want. It's awesome to do it each and every week. Coming up next, I'm going to tell some stories about those formative years in your life, high school, in the world of art, the world of sports, and in my world of surgery. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.